0: This is the Punk Theology Podcast. Welcome, listeners, to the Punk Theology Podcast. Season four, this is episode number ten. When someone asks, hey, can you keep a secret? What are they really asking? Today in the show, we got Steve, Kristen, Derek, chuck myself the whole gang is here i'd be your host russ shaw punktheology.net I'm gonna get right into it after this bumper from announcers are human fools
1: ulysses lima this this is the punk theology podcast.
0: This computer. There it is. There it is. That's my I see. Steve is oh, right into the <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> Steve, this is your baby. Derek's back. We've got the whole crew is back on the podcast tonight. Full room. We're off to a roaring start! What are we talking about? <laughs> what are we talking about, Steve? Steve, uh anyway, Steve, uh, take it away. You had a you had an interesting
2: Well, I had a Question. I saw, it was on. It on a movie or a show or something. And they were saying the guy says, "We have three. We have three parts of our lives. We have a pri- our public life, our private life, and our secret life." And that kind of just got the wheels of my my thoughts turning. And then I saw that question on uh, Instagram: "What's the difference between secrecy and privacy in a relationship?" Mm. I just threw it out there. I thought it was interesting. And I like I like Chuck's thought right off the bat. It came quick too, which was Yeah,
3: good. it
2: did. And it it just was you know, it really I've
3: kind of not dove into the thinking of the difference. Um, but my initial thought is just intent um between you know the difference between a secret and privacy is or secrecy and privacy is just your intent behind why you're not sharing it. Hmm. But what would be private and what
4: would be a secret? I feel like secrets are associated with shame. Agree. And private's just uh, associated with wanting to make other people feel comfortable.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I, I was in a lot of recovery groups. And that's one of the things they talk about is like nothing leaves this room. And so there's secrets that people will share and then they'll even say like, hey, again, don't tell anybody this, but this is something that I've been like burdened about and I'm carrying this. So, and then blah, like they'll share something like that. So Derek, with
3: the the shame, is it shame that is placed on you from others or is it yourself that's inducing the shame behind the the topic
4: I think it could be both I think it's I mean a lot of those secrets are are fears or fears that are put there by other people from past traumatic situations probably Um, or yeah or just something that you know about yourself that you think most people won't that actually scares you, and you think most people won't respond well to.
3: Yeah,
2: and I'm afraid to try it.
3: Um, Can you
0: give an example?
2: No, of something. Yeah, no, literally no. <laughs> <laughs> it's a secret. It's a
4: secret.
0: <laughs> Like that's, a hypothetical, clever, you know. that's a very no, clever uh, way
3: no. to uh, <laughs> bring no, up like a hypothetical like an it's analogy. It's, pri- it's private. Metaphor. It's not a secret. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, so an example for me would be my my abuse in the past.
0: Mm.
3: And I think that's pretty typical for most sexual abuse survivors is And that's why I asked the question, Derek, is it, you know, shame from others or yourself? Um, Because I, you know, just thinking about my sexual abuse past, the shame was from others. But I have, I guess, other secrets that would be shame from myself, you know, that I induce the shame on it.
0: Yeah, that's with the recovery group stuff. Like I'm gonna burden you with this, or I'm gonna get this off my chest. Like there's a different intent to both of those scenarios. And a good a good recover a good group leader would press in and ask more questions about the secret, you know, or the thing they're sharing. Just to to pull on the intent, you know, like a sweater with a string sticking out. (laughs) Like I wanna get to the the naked person under the sweater. If that, do all happens, secrets you know? need
2: to be exposed?
3: No. It depends.
2: I agree. It,
4: it, I think it depends on who you're trying to protect and why. If you're trying to protect somebody else, I think that's different than trying to protect yourself. And uh, I think "need" is the wrong word for that. Uh, I think it's more of a, do you want to be known that deeply? Cause I mean, the healthiest situation would be for you to share that secret and to find yeah. someone who can accept you lovingly. So, so what the real question is, is am I giving up on the idea that anybody can love me that much?
3: Yep, yeah. That's a hard one, huh?
4: So there's not really a should conversation or a ought to conversation. It's a, I want to, and I don't know if this thing that I want, this level of safety that I want actually exists.
0: Yeah, that goes back to the abuse, you know. I think about my own story and and the abuse and that's how, like, that's how he kept me and some of the other kids he was abusing quiet was, you know, the secret. This is kind of our thing, and you know, if you tell anybody, they're not going to love you. Like, he said that. You know, no one's going to value you. They'll know how twisted and gross you are. So, you know, we just don't, we don't talk about that. Or he didn't even say that. Like in one instance, he was, you know, go ahead and tell and see if they will accept you and still love you if they know about the secret, you know, some dark shit.
2: Well, in your head, it's easy to say. Well, if I can, I'll tell the secret and if they can't handle the secret, then they were not worth my time and and energy anyway, but that still doesn't negate the pain of a secret exposed and and a friendship ended. I think, and I don't have any major secrets. I mean, I've never raped anybody or had an affair, but I have secrets from when I was growing up and the fear of those secrets is if they came out, what would those around me think? You know, it's a, it's a pride issue. I think a little bit, for me anyway. Yeah, I think there's a,
4: I don't know. Cause I remember being in that spot and I just haven't been recently and I'm trying to figure out what the difference is. Um, maybe it's just being in a group like this and feeling like I am safe enough to say pretty much anything. Uh, makes me just doubt it less Um, it's funny how like sharing secrets in a safe group gets addicting for me because I kind of want to just see like there's kind of a high that comes from sharing something really awful and having everybody be able to relate to it somehow and so then you just like you're like okay if it was that secret then maybe like this one's a little worse and I share that one and that one went pretty well what about this one, well, that one went okay too. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I think I don't know, I think it feels fantastic to be able to share vulnerabilities. And
3: yeah, whose computer is fucking making all the noise? <laughs> uh, oh,
1: thank
3: god, be I thought it was in my head. Sorry, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say so, something, but I
4: was like, so, oh my god,
1: it's in my head. It's me, sorry, <laughs> She's
0: She's okay. okay. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell, oh, Derek?
2: NVIDIA. Is NVIDIA, decided to, Nvidia decided to update and then it's telling
0: me all the things that it's
4: doing. You <laughs> can't
1: talk about that deep with that happening because it programs it in a weird place in your head, you idiot. Yes, you can. <laughs> no! Yes, you can. You got us all into a hypnotic state. <laughs> and then he went, okay. I didn't
3: <laughs> do it. <the> computer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jack.
0: Hey, Chuck, are you okay?
1: You fucks with people. <laughs> there's really, like, there's badly. probably
0: driving, trying to listen to this, and they're like,
1: because that's the marker that you knew you split, you asshole. <laughs> I didn't
0: do anything. It just
3: started beeping at me. Welcome to Pope Theology.
2: <laughs> oh this is awesome
3: season four we still haven't cleaned yeah. up
2: our shit we see the hiccup
4: <laughs> so, so Chuck did you completely lose did you hear me say it again
2: <laughs> not there so, nobody was there okay you jump back on, back on the away. tracks
3: <laughs>
0: getting back on the tracks
2: <laughs> versus privacy in intimate relationships this I think this is easier I mean, do y'all have secrets from your partners?
4: They're becoming They've been coming out. That's what I've been working on a lot lately, and uh, it's very painful. Is it one way? Uh, nope. Well, no, it's more of a perspectives thing. Uh, teaching Misha some of my perspectives on things, which um, are new to her. But as part of that, some of the things that I actually think come out have to come out. Um, my real opinions on some of the uh, the way our relationship works, which is not very flattering. Um, um, but we're working on getting to a place where she, where I can create safety and other things that I need to tell her.
1: Um,
4: and uh, it's been really good. I mean, it's really, really hard work. She goes to bed exhausted some nights, just because it's brutally difficult to hear um but like that's what i that's what marriage is supposed to be Uh that's what love is supposed to be is like you're okay this is the person i am investing all of myself into right and if they're not to a place where they can handle it i am committed to them to a place where they can handle it like that's my understanding of what marriage is supposed to be uh, that's the ideal, is that nobody on the planet knows me better than this person here. And if there are people on the planet, like, and if this person that I'm with doesn't know me very well, what am I going to do to get to a place of safety where I can, where we can both share that with each other?
1: Okay, what's the thumping? That's on your end, right? Music. Ugh. Okay, just want to make sure it wasn't my heartbeat. <laughs> I'm not kidding! Sorry. responses to Derek's continue
0: the perspective Uh, I think that's interesting the perspectives on like not that it's a secret but you don't like you don't share something because you're afraid from your perspective it's not going to be received the same way Like I
4: I know it's not going to to, but I'm sitting there and I'll lay it down and then I'm going to fight it out and all of her insecurities are just going to come out of her and uh but we work through that until she figures out that i still love her like i had a conversation with the other day where i told her look my expectations are really high but one i don't hold anything that's happened past against you i like i promise i'm committing to that even the stuff that you just woke up to that you just became aware of like you don't have to carry a bunch of shame that you didn't have that perspective because that doesn't make any sense. You can't be mad at somebody for not having the same perspective as you do. Like that I can be you mad at me. Yeah, I can be you mad can at people. You can be, but less. you shouldn't be. Yes, but that that one again, in a healthy in anything resembling a healthy relationship that doesn't exist. And I and I said my expectations are high, but if you don't meet them, I'm not going to be disappointed. Which is a weird way to communicate that, but but like there's not going to be any consequences. If you can't do this on the same pace as what I'm hoping that you can. Like I I'll just be more patient and we'll just keep working it out.
0: Right. So
4: far it's been really good. I mean, our we met with our therapist today and she said that we're making faster progress than pretty much a couple she's ever worked with. Nice. Um, So but it's grueling work. Yeah, it is But, but like it came down to like, well, that's what I want. So I got to, Yeah. And I want it to be from you because that's what we committed to. Right. So I guess that's what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, we my wife and I have been through a lot of that. We, we're not doing therapy anymore, but that's the thing. It's just being able to it's not that, I'm, that I have secrets from her anymore. Like I, I, I want to I want for her, like, I like that way that we're, how you use perspective. I want her to see things from my perspective. And sometimes the fear in me, i like, I'm not even going to share this or I'm not going to, I don't want to talk about that because I'm afraid that it's not going to be received the way I want it to be. And then I don't know if I have the wherewithal to stay in the room with her reaction to my, stuff right does that make sense yeah like if i'm gonna share how i feel about it and she doesn't receive it the way i want her to or (laughs) the way i'm actually feeling rather than her own perspective from her insecurities or whatever like you're saying like that would it's just it hurts a lot and then i i I don't know how to what to do with that and i still tend to go back like i go inside myself and just
2: yeah i tried that yeah, let's, let's do something else. See, that's I think that's that's secret. Secret doesn't need necessarily to be a, a, an event or an action done either we've done or done to us. It might even be just emotions that, like you just said, that fear. Um, most of mine are that, or most of my secrets are fears or emotions that I've just stuffed down because when they when they came out when I was younger, I was either shamed or. Or judged or criticized for them. Right. And I think that's one of the things I liked about Driscoll's um, series on marriage when he said that intimacy is just really into me, see, where you just allow your partner to know everything, regardless, without fear of judgment, without fear of shame. Yeah. That sounds like, sound like, Derek, that's where you guys are working at.
4: Yeah, and it's just teaching,
2: like basically what it's come down to. It's taken a lot of
4: processing realization that I need to teach me how to care for me. Um, that she just she legitimately doesn't know, and she's really embarrassed about the fact that she doesn't know because we've been together for thirteen years. But like, how would like you know like because that's a because that's a nice ideal that that's a, because that's what a marriage is supposed to be. So everybody is everybody else is doing it correctly. Um, but in reality, like just the thought that, yeah, I need to teach my spouse how to care of me because they only know how to take care of themselves is super obvious when you actually look at it like, oh, yeah, of course, I need to teach you how to take care of me. You only need to know how to take care of yourself. But uh, nobody's figured out that that is what needs to, to happen. Like, I think that's what marriage essentially is, is like, look, I'm dedicated to learning how to care for you as a person
1: you also married a super hard worker and i think that's probably where it bounces back towards you a little bit i'm guessing i'm just guessing only just because of my relationship with misha but she she gives her 100% all the time
4: to no, me so that's the issue
1: really okay that, that's an external performance thing okay okay i could see that
4: um yeah so i'm the person that she doesn't have to do that
1: oh no oh (laughs) poor misha
3: yeah
1: i'm not no i feel really bad for her oh for me I I, I I realized that I saw that because you almost had sympathy from me, but we didn't get there. For me. The day you can win me over is for gonna me. be a, that's, that's gonna me. be a, that's gonna be a for cold me. day in hell. I'm telling you, brother, like no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope. You were my bully. So you know what? <laughs> I get to feel sorry for fucking Misha. <laughs> Make that your ringtone, bitch. <laughs> I
4: don't know who uses it. <laughs>
1: include the maniacal laugh please (laughs) just the whole thing because no I do I do feel bad for you Derek I do I because I actually I understand it from your viewpoint like in my marriage I'm right there it's that's that's where I land emotionally is in pretty much the exact same spot
0: so, Kristen, have you ever had like a, something that you wanted to share, but you knew it was going to be like, a, you know, I heard I heard, a, I heard a, a woman who who <laughs> she looks pained. I heard a, a woman who uh, she was she's lesbian. Right. And she had to come out to her family wow. and she talked to a counselor about it and she had the greatest analogy. She, the, the The word coming out simply means. Bringing something out into the light that is uncomfortable and hard to talk about, you know. So, so I guess that's what my question is: Have you ever? Like, I'm really curious. Have you ever had to, with your, uncomfortable spouse?
1: at all, Russ.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be specific, but what does that feel like to to uh.
1: address
0: that or bring something up that you know is going to be hard? It's going to be a hard conversation. <laughs>
1: It feels like a weight. Yeah. It, it feels like death. It feels like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. And it's right at the, the core, like the middle back of your spine.
0: How and long are we going to fight about this? That's my fear that when I'm trying to like bring do something out like that. The, 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 the thing, right? The burdensome, hard conversation. Like when I'm bringing forth the hard conversation. No, so Russ, that's,
4: <laughs> I, that sounds funny coming from you because you love intense, difficult, deep conversations. Like that's like your bread and butter. That's what you do all day on Facebook. But we can't do it with your wife. So why is that?
0: Yeah, right. It's not that I
4: can't. I do. No, but it bothers you. And it's like like you thrive on it in every other venue. Well, some of it. it your wife.
0: Some of it is 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 my past, you know. Like I was a very fucked up husband for a while. Speaking of secrets, I lived a double life for years.
3: When do you think you'll be able to forgive yourself for that?
0: I think I have, you know. I mean, I'm not I'm not shitting on myself for it. I've I've been I able would to dis-
3: help- I would disagree with you on that statement.
0: Well, you know, I mean I'm my my wife and I's uh relationship is still impacted by it. I mean, yeah. she has a hard time trusting me, right? I mean, that's fairly obvious. Should she or should she not? I I don't know. I mean, yes, we should have a a relationship built on trust and and I want that. And I guess that's maybe that's my fear is that it's not because of my past. And if she can't trust me because of my past, and I think that I think that she does, but you know.
2: Eric? <laughs> well, I love your face, Eric, <laughs> I love your face. The
1: sound is happening again.
2: So, no, it's not. I'm muted.
4: Was, that one wasn't me.
2: wasn't me. I don't think.
1: Oh, it was we me. We were
2: screwed. Oh, it was Chuck. Chuck. No, Oh, was Chuck. It? It.
0: I just had a Windows Defender thing imagine. come up because we're on Zoom and we're probably trying to get hacked by someone.
1: Oh, definitely.
2: It's Elon so, Musk. What role did does our parents' relationship with each other play in our relationship with our spouses or partners?
1: That's a huge question, Steve.
2: It does. It's a good, it's a good question. On.
1: That's a no. Oh, <laughs> oh Chuck! <laughs> Bitch. Okay, <laughs> pull the car over. <laughs> <laughs> Time to torture chuck a little, but literally rolling up my sleeves. Oh my god, I just did that naturally. Ooh. Okay, no, I should. I need to relax. Okay, Chuck is not a Chuck is go not ahead. a project. I, chuck is not ahead. a project. I, not a project.
3: I <laughs> yeah, am. Yeah. Come on. She is amped up tonight. <laughs> I know. Go, go ahead. Ask away.
0: No. Come on.
3: Chicken. I won't. No. I, no. I double dog dare you.
2: We don't have boundaries. Do we don't now. Just do it. We don't have boundaries. <laughs> no, no, no. Just... We're all looking at you.
3: Yeah. No. Gonna, I just, I and and <laughs> now just... I'm
1: freezing because I forgot what we were talking about. I got so excited. We'll wait. <laughs> analyze right. people like this you guys not this openly
2: well this welcome we to the club did. welcome to the club yeah you want it in right
1: oh uh, he
2: come on is
1: that it, worst,
4: is this? it was the worst club it's the worst club of all time we always tell each other that
3: yep <laughs> it's the worst no, idea no, no it's club. not
1: it's the best <laughs> No, it's the best. It hey, it's the best, that I'm now I'm here now, motherfucker. Like, don't you dare! Don't, don't you dare to... pull me down with your weight. Uh-uh. That's all I changes.
3: Don't try to change the subject. We're oh, waiting. I do it all the
1: time. Change oh, do.
3: the Change the subject. <laughs>
1: That's all I do, motherfucker. You wanna play, you gotta play. Like that is how I roll. I am all about the game. I told you. My book is Ender's game. You didn't listen, did you?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I end that fucking game.
3: Now you're stalling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. No, you're stalling.
1: I, yeah. I forgot what we we're talking about. What are we talking about? What was the
3: question, Jack? What no, was the question the... Chuck? What was the no, question, Steve Chuck? What what No, Steve had the question I gave the answer. Oh uh, yeah. The... Steve <laughs> Steve asked what what role our parents' relationship plays yes. into our question. current marital relationship and I said none. Garmin oh Zanoda. I really
1: avoided that beautifully didn't I oh shit. no
3: you didn't because <laughs> I still remember <laughs> you, uh, did you wrote take notes? it down though. did you talk? I wrote it I wrote it down. Did you? No.
1: <laughs> oh uh, that's sad. I'm sad now.
3: No.
1: Okay. So
3: you don't one think one more you done, time chuck,
2: chuck for the kids I'm in sorry, the Sagan? you don't think you don't think it there is no role they play.
3: Oh no, I think it's huge.
2: Yeah,
3: it is. I think it's bigger than one. Yeah, it's it's absolutely huge in how we even choose a spouse. I mean, it's the you know, there's the you always hear people talk about you know you're gonna like girls will find a spouse that mimics their father. And men will find a spouse that mimics their mother. Um, if you ever want to know what your spouse is going to be like when you're married, look at their parents. I mean, there's so many just flags everywhere about how your spouse will act if you just look for them. Yeah. I think it's a huge, I was just being an ass and saying it doesn't.
0: There's that saying do you teach people how to treat you you know has something to do with the 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 secret too as well or why you keep secrets.
4: Well your entire reality for intimacy and conflict comes from that. Like not just your not just like the values, but the actual perspective and the lens through which you see everything comes through. Like that's the that's yeah that's the entire worldview through which you view all of those things so uh even if you decide that you don't want to marry your mother or father and like you specifically choose someone to marry your mother and father it won't matter because your ability to relate to anybody emotionally and intimately will come from your mother and father so it doesn't matter who you chose or what the personality is like ultimately you will end up treating them like your mother treated your father or like your father treated your mother because that's just because of the area that's because of the water you live in
3: yeah
4: yeah yeah. so uh uh, and then so then it's just the process of teaching yourself that they're not your parent and teaching your spouse that you're not their parent
0: that's a big one that's where codependency comes in right
4: Yeah. That's how the codependency comes in brutally. Like, like, yeah, that's just, that codependency is just like, no, I am. like, no, a a good portion of who I am as a person is who my parents told me I was like, I the only way that I know how to relate to another human being in an intimate matter is through the same language that my parents used. Um, And so, and that created who I am as a person and created all my values and created the worldview all the way through. And so, um, yeah, how do you relate to the person that is supposed to be your replacement for your parents uh, is top to bottom shaped by how your parents interacted with each other.
0: But no one admits that. Like, no one says that. Like, no one, I mean, it takes a a lot of consciousness, you know, evaluation to go oh yeah like that's my reality like i don't know Kristen. you're this is like shop for you right this is like freudian psychoanalytics a little bit isn't it
1: oh yeah i'm having i'm having a great time <laughs> no I'm, I'm having a lot of fun you guys are all very smart all four of you i don't i don't think you guys really realize what you have here being able to draw these four minds together, that doesn't happen. And I think you guys kind of know that in your soul. I think you know that this is really special.
4: Why can't we get people to listen to us?
1: <laughs> because you don't have a woman. Okay. Oh, okay, that's why. I'm not kidding. Okay. Well, how did you not think of that? That's the most Nick, obvious thing in the world. What's
4: the number one thing that appeals to men? <laughs> what do you mean, how do we not think about that? We're terrified of women. Isn't that obvious? Shouldn't that be like the number one thing that we? Did you need
1: a young, attractive, interesting, smart woman? I don't have any of those.
0: Nope. We're all doing reactions now. <laughs>
2: yeah, I got that. That's Just- fun. Well, it's it, it's. So if you see, or, or you get triggered by something, and it flashes back to. Um, your childhood, and your what I'm becoming more aware of is reactions that I have to triggers that are bringing back me- past memories. You know, um, Ooh, that's big, not, Steve. and it's it, and it's all for me. It all it all evolves around emotions and feelings, uh, and I'm. I'm cautious to express some emotions because I do. I know in the past how they've. Who raised my hand? Hmm. I did not raise. Oh, that's my mouse. Never mind. I. I. I'm, I guess I'm. I'm really cautious because most of my life, some of my emotions were, were. Um, uh, degraded, not degraded, um, discounted. You shouldn't feel that way. Okay, Steve, I'm about to give you a big emotional
1: hug. Okay, no, okay. You're, you're gonna have a weird time with it. It'll be yeah. both both good and weird. Like, So I, uh, today, this afternoon, because I take Wednesdays off to do my paperwork and try to be human in the middle of the week before I go back into submersion that is the human brain. Um, I, I re-listened to our last podcast
2: And I really, really heard your story. That's the one that Derek missed? Yes. Yeah. So that
1: was, I just really heard your story, just you talking about when you were six years old and you couldn't breathe. And your parents looked at you Uh and you just wanted to breathe. And I I felt it. Like I felt it in my body. And I'm feeling it right now, actually. Like it's not... Yes. No, I I listened to it about, it was about two o'clock this afternoon and I've been feeling it ever since. And it's a, it's a, it's a slight but constant pressure in my upper chest.
2: That's where she was. Yeah. And it was a rural, it was a rural hospital in Mm -hmm. Southwest Kansas. So they didn't have much back in the 60s.
1: You almost, no, you really almost died, Steve, in the sense that you went right up to it and you kissed it.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's like that's what that last week's conversation invoked because I think that's what I was trying to get at but with all my language and all whatever was there like that's what got missed is when you go right up against that lens and you touch it and mm-hmm. then you come back and then you have to keep on living. And
2: you have to figure that out. Yeah. And last
0: week too about looking back no one wants to talk about it.
2: I was scared. Oh, I no, that's exactly what I heard, Steve. Yeah, I I just the the terror. terror. Yeah, I've just heard I just put words to that.
1: You literally said you said, I wasn't afraid to die. I just wanted to breathe.
2: Yeah. I had a six Derek when I was six years old. I had an asthma attack. And they took me to the hospital ER, and they're just looking at each other like, what do we do? What do we do? 'Cause they didn't have half they didn't have any of the meds that we have today. And I think for me that's one of the things where I'm processing now is finally being able to start to put words to what I've been feeling. Because I never I mean I was never taught. Yeah, it's a big thing. Never that's,
4: taught. That's what emotional intelligence is. And it's yeah, it's it's it oddly it seems to be fairly new.
0: Yeah. yeah, Seems to be a new thing. There was a group in Seattle um, that started like a therapy group and they were advertising it on Facebook or somewhere. And it was a mostly for black people that have suffered through trauma. And the woman who kicked it off brought up the idea of emotional awareness. And I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Like being aware of emotionally, like what triggers you and and what you've been through um yeah i think the term
4: emotional intelligence gets misunderstood i think a lot of people think oh i'm a super emotional person i make emotional decisions i have emotional intelligence
0: yeah
4: Uh, and that's kind of the opposite of what emotional intelligence is (laughs) are you what are you thinking of Kristen? i can see you thinking of people who are you thinking of
1: (laughs) (laughs) are, yeah, I can't talk about any of this.
0: <laughs> Jeez,
3: you're having a hard time, aren't you?
0: A tough time with this one.
1: <laughs> I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> no, it's I'm on the other side of that, fighting that battle. That's why, but that's but that's what I want to do. I'm I'm supposed to be on the front lines constantly always doing something really really hard. <laughs> so I'm I'm fighting against that mindset everything that you said. And that's why I get so goddamn tired. Because there's a lot of them. <laughs> You know how many there are?
4: Yep, it's everybody. Really? <laughs> it's everybody. Yeah. Come on it's, it's extra bad and I mean yeah, it's extra bad. Um, where is it extra bad?
1: Everywhere. <laughs> no, because it's not. It, uh, no. In my world,
0: <laughs> it's extra bad when it comes to insecurities. I think you know, like who whoever keeps this. Like I had a shit ton of insecurities, and I built a fortress of secrets and i live behind this huge ass fucking wall of secrets uh, i read nikki six's book the heroin diaries he's the the guy from motley Crue, the guy that wrote a lot of the songs and stuff that guy died twice of drug overdose one of the one of the analogies he used was was like armor you know and just pulling off pieces of like scale armor slowly one at a time until you have enough security in yourself to just sit there naked in front of someone. Like that takes a lot. I really resonated with that. Cause I've, you know, again, that, I, no one can see behind this fucking thing. Like I've built this thing brilliantly, you know, and that, that's how I lived a, a big chunk of my life. And then when I realized I didn't have to. Um, yeah, I guess that's the definition of freedom, I suppose.
1: That's got to be really hard for you, Russ, because you really like drama.
0: I don't know Do if you... I like drama. I don't know. Do I?
1: No, no that's yeah. not a bad thing. It really isn't. Like When I say that, it's, it's you really enjoy a good show. Like that's the bottom line. Who doesn't? I fucking love a great show. I, I really do. Like yeah. I wanna go and I wanna be entertained. And, and I think for you, like in another life, that's not my, that's my pitch. You, I mean, you would have been very theatrical. Like you would have been in the theatrics and it would have just been a lot of fun. And you would be able to connect with people who are like you and think like you and do like you. And it wouldn't have been so, so ostracizing and so weird. But instead like you just ended up in, in kind of the grind and the grit that is life and you figured out how to dramatize it and you made it fucking fun. That's why we're all here. We're only here because of you. Like you built this, you do this, you are this. And it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's one of the best things, I, I don't think, I know, it's the best thing I've done in 30
0: years. <laughs>
1: yeah that's sad <laughs> i don't know i down. give you an insult
0: <laughs> no that's
1: the worst thing i've done sorry
0: no that's good thank you um i don't know if i'd like drama that much like i i like building i like safe communities you know okay i do i like safe communities and then and then there's there's stuff that happens in this community
1: sorry I keep interrupting you I'm just kidding
0: that's okay no go
1: I interrupt. it's fine
0: no that's fine I I, I (laughs) do too (laughs) I do too it's a problem um, that's something I can interrupt
1: that's what I meant by that's why that must be hard for you is because I think that is true I think both are true at the exact same time I think you really enjoy a good story and you love a good experience, like not, not just a good story. Like yeah. you want, you want an experience. You want to go and you wanna, you want to feel the roller coaster high of what it means to go all the way up to to the point of death. That like, unlike me and Steve over here, we're like, fuck, we didn't want to die. But a part of you wanted to die. You know that's true. You yeah. kind of enjoy the roller coaster ride, and that's part of what's so weird is because you also enjoy just living. Like you, you're allowed to like be in pain and like this deep state of suffering, but also just be really fucking excited to be alive. Like that is you like, yeah. don't, like don't shit on that. That is, that is a huge thing. Well, let me really get into important. some that
0: Chuck brought up that my different parts, you know, like Chuck brought up the different parts and maybe I have more parts than I, I know, you know, but there's that, a lot of parts, Russ. there's that teenager part of me that really enjoys being alive and is. Also, a bit (laughs) self-destructive. So, and I
1: because you don't know why you're alive.
0: Did you you, enjoy
1: being alive, but you don't know why?
0: I felt bad
4: when you got ran over that by that car because I realized that five days earlier we had done EMDR on that self-destructive teenager of you. Yeah, I wondered in that moment if that teenager did that to you.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm almost positive. It was an accident, man. Like it was an accident. And I'm that's what he of,
1: means.
0: But I will that's... never do that again. Whoa, Rasmus, whoa, 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 whoa.
1: whoa. Like, I got to slow that down just a second. Is it okay if okay. I slow that down? Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, you just skipped right over that because like you just took the entire experience, shoved it in a bag and moved on.
0: Well, I like, thought about that. I've had to think about that for a long time, to be honest. Because did I do that some sub- somewhere subconsciously? I really don't. I love, I think I really know myself enough to go. No, that was an accident. That was me spacing something out because I was okay. in a hurry. And now I do a job okay. that's very fucking intense, like that. Like the job I do. I do shit every day that can ruin someone's life if I don't do it right. You know, I did breaks on an Amazon fan, like, like, like they let me do that shit, right? Um, there's, my master tech's going to check my work in the morning, you know, I left the wheels off it. But anyway, you see what I'm saying, right? Like there's something to trusting myself enough to do this kind of work and then realizing that, yeah, you know, shit happens. I didn't try and run myself over. Like that was me spacing out. But I do know also when I'm around that rack where it happened, I, I have to breathe sometimes, especially when I'm under it and I'm like bringing a vehicle down. I'm like, you know,
1: you start feeling it in your body. I could
0: feel my could feel the thing right up, the yeah. thing coming up from my stomach right up into my heart and my throat a little bit. Of my, and I breathe. Like I have those tools now. Speaking of tools, like I have the tools to deal with that energy now, where I didn't before. But so do you
2: think, Russ? Do you think your parts have secrets that you're afraid of?
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I go back and forth with the parts thing. It's just maybe my brain doesn't work like that. Like you guys are engineers, you Derek and Chuck,
3: with all the characters. No, no, character. no, 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 no. It has nothing not, to do with your brain. Go into your body and get out of your head. Yeah, okay. Go into your body. And you like know, my look, therapist the whole, would say. My therapist would whole,
0: bring me to these points where something happened, and then let's play that out in an EMDR session. Right? your whole
3: conversation with I've I've thought about, you know, did I think, did I think, 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 think. Forget about thinking for a moment and feel it in your body. Go through the whole scenario again and remove thoughts and just scan your body and see where it resonates see where there's pressure see where there's pain cold hot whatever it is yeah because you have it somewhere
0: yeah i mean
3: it's like you said when you're around that lift you have to use the tools that you have learned to get through it next time you're around that
4: lift and you start to feel that just stop and identify where in your body it actually feels like it is and then just see what happens after that
2: yeah. Wherever your imagination takes you, just let it run. And I might show you some yeah, stuff. Don't, don't think, like Chuck said, don't think about it. Just let it be. Just focus yeah, on it. Yep. Just sit there.
3: Sit with it. Focus on where it is in your body. Yeah. If you can
4: figure out what color it is or what it smells like, that always helps.
3: Oh, I fucking hate smell. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, it's never anything good, is it?
1: Oh, I know why. Never mind.
3: <laughs> what?
1: Never mind. Say what you're going to say.
3: No, I'm waiting. No. <laughs> Again.
1: No. Oh, you want me to like bear my soul, don't you? I'm yep. not doing it. I'm not doing
2: it. <laughs> Come on. You can get there.
1: No. It. On. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be peeling skin off of this motherfucker. Like it's not going to happen easily, but I'll do it begrudgingly and yet at the same time enjoyably, which I don't really understand, but whatever that's the thing. Uh. well that's
4: what everybody actually wants. I know! know
1: I feel so good.
4: So I was I've been thinking so much <laughs> about the central so I've been thinking about Jesus a lot lately, which is such a weird way to uh. open a conversation nowadays. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and how so much of what Jesus was actually teaching was you can do things contrary to the nature of evolution, which is the nature of evolution is uh, survival of the fittest. It's yeah. raw, aggressive c- competition. Yep. And if you do things with people that are absolutely bravely against evolution, you can make society work in a way better way than it does. Because it doesn't make sense to make yourself emotionally vulnerable to anybody uh, from an evolutionary standpoint. Like evolution dictates that the other person must seize that and abuse it in order to establish power. But humans have something else in them. That's humans have perspective. Humans have historic perspective that shows, um, yeah, that, that allows them awareness of what other people are thinking. And so the survival of the fittest drops, And what everybody actually wants is that struggle for recognition. They want somebody else to say, I see the same beautiful things that you see in your side of yourself all the time. Like that's that existence where you are a beautiful person inside of you. That's really, really at the core of who you are. You want somebody else to see it and to recognize it and to tell you that that's what that is. And that's completely contrary to all of the the laws of nature. Um, Nature says, do not do that. Do not expose weaknesses ever but if that's you good. do it and find a way to do it safely in front of another person it'll completely open your life up um and and all of a sudden you have bravery and safety that you never even knew you possessed
0: yeah that's, that's a, a, a ego stuff right like the ego doesn't. <laughs> what are
3: you gonna Dark. say Tell- Kristen, where do you feel that
4: Your mic's off. It's, no, it's just being oh, yeah, no, it's okay.
3: Where do you feel
1: it? I'm just usually really loud. <laughs> yeah. I feel it everywhere. Yeah. It's just a lot. It's, I mean, it, it's a lot of stimulation at one time.
2: Yeah.
1: I, that's it. And I mean, that word is used, so it's always used sexually. But, I mean, stimulation is existence. Yeah, it is. There's no difference.
2: I see you. <sighs> We've all been there. Yeah. And we're all, we're all here. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. It just sucks that you're 298 miles away.
1: No, oh, it's actually really good for me, though. <laughs> I've, I've never been good like this with hugs. Like... Whenever I'm like this, people always try to touch me, and then I, like, want to die.
3: I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah.
1: And what does it feel like, Chuck? What uh, do you feel it about is,
3: your body? It is death. Um, for me, it is pin needles. It's, you know, the die of a thousand paper cuts yep. kind of thought. Um so I can't remember if it was the first or second time I went to White Raven, did the White Raven uh, rapid transformation therapy workshop bullshit, <clears throat> but I want to say it was the first time. Anyway, the the first night, someone touched me and I had a, a very... Um, Mm, a response was probably the best way to phrase it and the next evening or day someone went to touch me and another person that was in the same group kind of stopped that person from doing it and the the lady that was Miriam who was leading the group she kind of questioned it and he's like and you know the girl just offered like oh he doesn't like to be touched and so they proceeded to tap me and push on me and just kept getting me to dive deeper into the black of the sea. Um, and that's really where I learned that I have parts that do things. Um, it's part of my disassociation, um, I have since learned more and more about this person that came out from being touched. And he's about 13, and he is like Superman protector. He will kill everybody and anybody that touches me that is unwanted.
2: So it was 13 when you were
3: molested? Uh, no, I was... 10 or so. 10, 11.
2: What happened at 13?
3: That, I I don't know. Just old enough to protect that 10-year-old, I think. Um, I don't actually remember the age that I stood up to my parents to stop them from beating me. And it could be that that was around that age. Yeah. Um, I have a memory of... And I haven't I've really thought about revisiting this memory with my mother and father because they were both a part of this memory um, of my mother chasing me upstairs with a hairbrush, trying to beat the shit out of me with it. I climbed up into the top bunk of my bed and she's coming up after she swings the hairbrush and I catch her her wrist and grabbed her shirt on her shoulder and kind of like pushed her back. So she was leaning back on the ladder. And I hear my dad clear his throat and, you know, kind of like, you better watch what you do. Like the next thing you do is going to determine the rest of your life, which is rather ironic because it actually did. Um, I informed her that if she ever touched me again, that I'd fucking kill her. And my dad kind of, made some remark of like watch your language or whatever and i looked at him and it was like i'll fucking kill you too i don't know if that's that 13 year old like if that was kind of where it was in my life um or if that kid just always was there at that particular you know something else happened and that was later in life right
2: do they still live in that same house
3: No, Um, unfortunately, they live in my grandfather's house, which was the only person in my life that actually meant anything to me. And it's kind of bitter.
2: See, there's two houses, the one in Kansas and the one in Pennsylvania that I'd love to revisit, but I have nobody there. I mean, there's no reason to go there. Family's not there.
3: Just bang on the door.
2: Well, if I'm in that area, I definitely would. Because I'd like to walk through that house and just relive some of those memories. Yeah. You know, even that hospital when I was six years old, it's torn down. There's not a hospital there now, but just that memory, just to go back. And if nothing else, even, you know, look, take, get some pictures. So do you have old photographs about when you were about that age? No. Because I still do, and my mom has them, and she's already said, you know, hey, you can have whatever you want out of that. So for four of my sisters and my brother and I are gonna go through it. Look back at memories and look back at pictures and say, what am I feeling when I see that picture? Brought up the hug. You brought up the hug
4: thing. And I was just thinking, one of the worst feelings in the world Is to be hugged by someone that doesn't understand why they're hugging you. Like they're hugging you because they think that you need to be calmed down because crying is bad and that you just need to stop and if they and they don't know what to do to control the situation. So maybe if they just I don't know, I guess I'll hug you and they, they have made no attempt at all to actually understand your perspective or what's bothering you or why You're having such a strong emotional reaction. They're just trying to make it go away. Just yes, please. This makes me uncomfortable, Uh, and that's I think that's why hugs have historically bothered me from, especially from churchy people.
0: Yep,
3: my favorite hug is when they pat you on the back because they're totally on you no they're not laying hands on you they're totally trying to calm themselves because you triggered the fuck out of
0: them yeah
3: oh yeah
0: you reminded
1: them that they're gonna die someday yes how dare you how (laughs) dare you do such a thing that's why they need you to be a miracle because otherwise they're like i have to think about existence what no i want to just take that Slap it on Jesus and not have to think twice about it, and that's that's the truth. They want the the easy way out. So yeah, when they lay hands on you, they put all their pain in you, all of it.
0: Yeah,
1: and it hurts a lot.
0: That is. When so they touch you. That. It's such
1: an intimate thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And when yeah. they touch you without your permission, and they tell you it's for your own good,
3: some bullshit.
1: And then you take all. They were paying.
3: Have you learned any th- any um, wh- I guess ways ways is such a bullshit word for it though Have you have you learned how to get rid of some of that? Starting to yeah. That's what it's this fucking is. Hard.
1: That's what this is. No, it's it is hard because this this sucks. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I wanted to go to bed tonight, and I wanted to. F- try to fall asleep i don't sleep very often but i wanted to like just go and try to disappear for a while because i don't want to talk about this who wants to talk about this who wants to talk about the worst things that have ever happened to them like i do because
3: i'm sick i know
1: and (laughs) reality is chuck i do too because i'm sick
3: i'm emotionally masochistic
1: you know, you know, what? Person, I think it's, we might it's all difficult be
3: though because it's hard to, it really is hard to communicate with someone that ha- doesn't understand the, the feelings that you have. And so how am I supposed to communicate with another human being that, you know, it's like, oh, I was molested. Okay, great. <laughs> Check that box. <laughs> Who the fuck do I talk to about that? Everybody lives this perfect fucking life. Oh, yeah. Talk to me about. Or, it. <laughs> or I was I was raped. Okay, who do I go? You know, there's someone sitting across the table from you. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. Well, fuck off. You share yeah. your story first, so you I uh, at least have I any agree with that. Fucking yeah. Ground on where. The very I sit. first
1: thing, very first session with every client I have ever had, I told them I said, if you ever want to know anything about me, ask. That's the very first session before I ask them anything about their lives. I am an open book and I will tell you if I feel uncomfortable disclosing something but I am an open book. Go ahead, ask me about anything, any age, any pain, any suffering. Very few take me up on it, but I yeah. mean it. I mean it when I say it. So, cuz my entire the- my my entire philosophy of therapy is that if you go, I go. We're going together. You're not going alone. So, because if you're gonna go alone, you're gonna fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's, that's what I did. <laughs> that was my experience when I, when I was cast out, when I was alone, when I was wanting to die, but nobody else was there with me. I had to figure out how to do that on my own. And so to have somebody else there, not only makes a world of difference, it's, it's, it is the difference. That's the difference in existence is you're not supposed to do it alone. You're supposed to do it with others
3: it makes it safe and
1: it makes it real very real same time exactly
4: remember chuck when you first started and i i had this feeling too i could always relate to you on this but you brought it up a number of times how you didn't want to do the emotional work you just wanted jesus magic to work yeah like with like i was promised that the Jesus magic yeah. would take the place of yes! me the yeah. actual I still I still want, I still <laughs> want the upset. Jesus
0: magic.
4: I'm upset that Jesus magic isn't working. Yeah. Why is Jesus magic not working when like yeah, like I'm s I am i do not want to do the hard feelings thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Well,
4: magic, please. Magic. Yeah. Magic, magic, magic,
3: magic. Like i, I still, the magic. Still want the, yeah, I still mm-hmm. want it. I just realized that I was taught wrong. Like it doesn't exist. Jesus magic is a bunch of bullshit. It is a bunch of bullshit.
1: But it's not though. Well, so
3: what is? It's if... just
1: felt really slow and it's really painful. Like if you think about well, any, well, that's any. that's not magic.
4: But that's not. No, I knew you were gonna say that. That's Jesus. That's Jesus physics. Stop. Nobody likes fucking Jesus physics.
1: <laughs> Fuck Jesus physics. I he want made Jesus it. magic. He made magic. You <laughs> mean fast and, pleasant, and, pleasant, and, pleasant, and and pleasant or pleasurable? And then no effort. Yeah, no way. No <laughs> way. At all. It just Bippity boppity boop. No, magic does it, exist. It just really hurts. A that's lot. what just So what
3: have you seen them. have you seen the um, Penn and Teller were on a talk show and they said to this gal, we're gonna do a magic trick for you, and you're going to see magic, and everybody else is gonna see a fucking fool. And so they do this magic trick and essentially the guy is pulling tissues out of her ear and throwing them behind her. And it just appears that they disappear and that they reappear through her ear. And she is mesmerized. The reality is, is we were taught that Jesus magic exists and it doesn't. The magic really is, well, us being fooled by it. And also it's the hard work. Like, that's the actual magic is put forth the effort, do the emotional work, and you'll come through on the other end. Again, the magic is that the opposite
4: of evolutionary theory of the survival of the fittest works. That's what the magic is. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make any fucking sense
0: yeah. at
4: all. And it's taken us, you know, we're 2000 years later and we're still like, I don't know that it works. But it does work, (laughs) like like we keep coming back to like no evolution, like survival of the fittest. You just have to be an asshole, be the biggest asshole, like that. yeah, like no, like this actually works. Of like you can just be nice. No, you can't be nice. No, like clearly, look, that guy just had his head fucking torn off by a bear. You can't be nice. (laughs) Like that won't work.
1: (laughs) There is a way to approach a bear in a way that like. It dogs.
4: won't work, Kristen. <laughs> Survival of the fittest. You have
3: to be no, an ass.
1: if you're cute enough.
3: Krista, no, no. Krista, let's, no. Let's make it let's make a pact. The next time you and I are together, be the first I said the next time, the first time. Okay, any always, any time we're together and we come across a bear, I am going to apply Evolution and shoot the fucking bear. I okay, let's do it. You apply let's do it. niceness. I'll do it. See, this yeah. is the whole
1: thing. You dare me. You know what? I'll take you up on it. That's the problem. <laughs> no, that's,
3: like, that's bullshit. I will do we went, it. No, no, that's bullshit. No, I'll do it. it, it. No, it's bullshit because I double dog dared you earlier this episode and you didn't do it. Which one check, was it? Chuck, you underestimated her willingness
4: to die. That's the problem.
1: <laughs> what was the double dog, dare? She won't expose
4: this? herself emotionally to you, but she'll totally fucking die from a bear. <laughs> like, done. <laughs>
2: oh, fuck. Yeah, that's <laughs> really true.
1: I don't think you understand how much I want to die. I make it sound like fun, don't I? I'm the goddamn Joker. Haven't you figured that out?
3: <laughs> I'm not. I feel like I am too. But that's
0: a good analogy too. I mean that that movie, The Joker. Like there's there's kind of what Derek's talking about. Like here's a guy. I mean he in the end ended up embracing his fucking dark side or whatever. But that's the beauty of that film is you get to look into the eyes of madness. You, you get to see the guy's story. There was a when I went to AC. His
4: whole story was I just wanted people to be nice to me. Yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of the whole. And that like, why won't you fuckers just be nice? Yeah. Why is everybody a fucking dick all the time? It's gonna make me want to kill everybody, and it does.
0: There was a motorcycle group of people started at AC3, and they were called the Expendable Henchmen, (laughs) which I thought was a brilliant name. Because that's, you know, we don't want to, we don't care about the expendable henchman, the guy that just got took out around the corner, like, or the villain of the story. Like, I like these films, like, like the Joker or Maleficent, you know, the, the character who was, uh, you know, Disney's, Disney's Maleficent, like she's the, she's the wicked witch and you get to see her story. But these are these are this is embracing the dark parts of us that we don't want to know about. See, I'm getting into my parts. You here.
1: mean the psychopath yep. and the sociopath. That's what you mean. Yeah. That's that's who I just touched on. Yep. Oh yeah. That's a part of all of us.
2: So we're laying a plane. I gotta uh, go to bed.
1: Oh. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for hanging out.
2: Oh, Fucking boomers.
1: Oh, oh <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Jeez. You're such an <laughs> asshole. Are you
2: in your kitchen, Steve? You look like you're in your kitchen or something. I'm in my dining room slash office. I
3: see.
0: Is uh, she out of town or are you?
2: What's that? Are
0: you batching it? Is your wife? No, you?
2: she's upstairs in the bedroom. Oh, I see. She had, you love know, this story. She had, uh, she had a lump removed from her leg this, today on a, just an hour and a half day surgery. I had to run into North Seattle to deliver a package. She says, What are you gonna do while I'm in the in the doctor? And I said, I'm gonna go visit the prostitutes. She looks at me like, What? I'm gonna go visit the prostitutes. <laughs> what? There's just this, this quiet in the car. And I said, No, seriously. I go down to 130th and Aurora. They're all over. So you're not gonna go ser- be serviced. No, I'm just gonna go visit them because they write. They seriously come right up to the car. Well, was you were on that turf, weren't you, Russ? When you did Uber, hundred and thirtieth in Aurora. Uh,
0: yeah. People are everywhere.
2: Yeah, <laughs> they're, out, they're smiling, stuff. waving. Oh, they're but great. That,
1: no, yeah, I, I, I love sex workers. Start. I'm not kidding. What? Sex workers are really interesting. They're a lot of fun. They're they're good people. They're really good people. And they're the fact that you they're over in East Sprague, aren't they? Oh, in Spokane.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, I know a lot of them. Do you? Oh yeah. No, I don't know they're good friends. They really are. I No, I I know the people. I know the people. And the people are good. They're just are you? They're, they're what?
4: They're more honest therapists.
1: Oh, they're amazing. All oh, the stories I could tell you if only. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I actually like HIPAA can't. But Yep. Because it, no, a lot of it's HIPAA compliant. Because I, I worked, I worked in downtown Spokane in the community mental health uh, program, and I loved it. I loved it. I I worked with so many people just right off the streets. I mean, they come right in my office, super high on meth, like it's just like I, I love spending time with those people, like right in the middle of their pain. They walk right in my office, they pull out a fucking gun, I'm like, oh shit. Stick that on my desk, because like, nope. <laughs> Slide it over my side. Okay, now tell me what's going on with your day. I'll give you a good at the end of the day. But like right now, you're going to talk to me. And that's, that's that's my thing. Like like Derek said, like when you're not, it's the opposite of not being afraid to die. When you want to die, there's a lot you can do. <laughs> a lot of conversations you can have. Because it's like, I don't give a shit if you shoot me in the face. I just, I didn't want to, I want to hear about what's going on in your day.
0: Like yeah.
1: like, yeah, you're really high right now. Do you need to go to the hospital? What do you need? Do you need to go back, back out and hang by the river? Like Wait, what, what do we, what do you need here? Do you talk? want to call an ambulance? Like it's, you know, it's just, it's just being with the person in the middle of their suffering Yeah, and just, just being there. That's it. That's it. Like i And I love doing that, but then I, I burned the fuck out and I was 18 months. (laughs) I think that was my own personal little meth (laughs) high. And then I, and then it just broke me.
0: Yeah. It's done.
1: Well, now I'm in private practice, which just feels small. And it's like a doctor being an ER doctor. And then you have to like go do fucking something else. The ER, you get everything. (laughs) (sighs) then you end up specializing in something that's stupid because you make a ton of money and that's where you go to die Mm. Yeah. most people i mean once they once they once they hook into the belief that that life is actually about money that 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 it's over that's it yeah
0: yeah
1: but it's not that's what's so great money money is important It's it's a significant thing but is it the meaning of life nope
0: yeah not at all It's a side effect, or it's a... Anyway. Steve needs to go to bed. Sorry.
1: Steve needs to go to
0: bed. Does that count as... It's a note in my head!
2: And make tabs.
1: There's all these tabs open, and one of them is Steve needs to go to bed.
2: (laughs) Bye, Steve. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Love you, Steve.
3: And And then there were four.
1: Oh my God, Stone, the way you said that, just freak me the fuck out. I think I need to go. <laughs> okay, you're going to murder me now. That's my number one fear. Fuck, I just said that on a recording.
4: <laughs> so you're not afraid of dying, but you don't want to be murdered? <laughs> I guess that makes sense, actually. (laughs) Given your your control issues, that would totally make sense. Like, no, you don't get to do this, motherfucker. I get
3: to do this. How dare you take this from me? I can see it. I can (laughs) see it now. You're going to get murdered. You're like, listen, no, wait. stop. I will do it for you. Then you won't have to get in trouble. Please, please, don't shoot me. I'll shoot myself. Are we still
0: talking?
1: (laughs) You got. We're,
0: it. we're waiting. <laughs> we haven't landed the plane yet, Kristen. <gasps> Please the
2: plane. do.
0: Are we still
3: recording?
2: Jesus yeah. Christ! Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cut. We have to land I'll
3: land the plane for okay. us. Okay. This Jesus, good. magic doesn't exist.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> but it does, though. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh wait, I got to share my lane. Not the
0: good shit. I got to leave. I gotta share Jeez. the laying hands. Yeah, on.
1: the opposite of Jesus magic exists. That's the problem. You gotta take your idea of Jesus magic and then the reality of Jesus magic, and you gotta put them together.
3: No, that no, is because real, real. No, real no Jesus because magic. my idea or reality of Jesus magic is zero effort. <laughs> in-
2: and magic. the reality, is it's, 100%, and it,
3: the reality is, it's 100% of my effort. Aww. And so, when I put them together, it's 50%. And that's not the truth either. The it's truth 100%. Is 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, it's not
4: magic at all. No. <laughs> it's a fucking job. Is what it is. <laughs>
1: that, that, is, that is actually true. Oh, God damn yeah. it. So I got it.
4: dropped into a job again. <laughs>
0: So I was, I was, there was, I was magic here, it's just a job. Listen, so I was in a men's group. I gotta share this with you guys because this is weird. Just see how you react. But I was in this men's group and I started sharing like some deep shit about my life, you know. And I could tell, you can kind of tell by the verbal cues that people are getting uncomfortable. And and then I just kind of closed my eyes went like this and just started blah, you know, and I just put all this shit out there. And then that's when, you know. I think it was an AC3 group at the time and it was like, God bless this guy but he was just like you know what, I think we really should lay hands on Russ now, you know it was the Jesus magic, right? Like yeah. Russ just shared some shit that made everyone feel really uncomfortable Let's throw some
4: that magic at the top of it Let's, Wait,
0: break, yeah, let's throw some, 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 some magic, arm magic arm sugar. fucking shit down <laughs> Russ, <can> <laughs> <you> know, yeah. <laughs> over Russ and uh and we'll all be fine and then we can go about our lives without this disruption of emotional i don't know fuckery i guess was.
1: no that's the part where so i'm assuming maybe it was a little bit different for you that i think the jesus magic i'm guessing for you russ like that was probably nice for you
0: no, it wasn't. It was horrible. It was like when you shared it earlier about the whole thing people are touching you, like they all put their hands, like, oh, God. like I'm yeah, like, oh, I, it's I, lost. like. you might
1: have liked it.
0: I felt gross and kind of creeped out a little bit.
1: Did you? Yeah. Yeah,
0: I didn't really weird it at all.
1: Russ, this right there this man this is right clearly there. this
4: this no, this, this is why really uh, experiencing some intense trauma. Everybody in the room touch him. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's the solution. A great every every person in the room I don't care about man don't who is experiencing you. an incredible amount of trauma. Everybody, <laughs> and and he knows none of you. Everybody touch him. That's how we fix like, it. Knowing that like <laughs> We are geniuses. We, it feels amazing, we are amazing. Too, I handled that so well. God,
0: did you Yo,
1: see that? You're awesome! I'm a fucking genius. Yeah, this guy's all <laughs>
0: rocking. That's that egoic, right? Like I did it for Jesus, you know. And here I'm feeling like, oh, now I know what it's like to be molested by a priest, right? Oh That's what's God. going on in me. <laughs> Ooh, fuck that shit.
1: It's uh, <laughs> good things for your relationship with touch.
4: And then the next day, he went to his community group coach and was like, "This demon possessed fucker came in." <laughs> And said all kinds of horrible things in my
3: community group,
4: but I had everybody touch him, and it was fun.
3: But yeah, we all laid hands on him, we prayed, and he was magically geared. And his coach was like, wow, you definitely did the right thing. I'm really
4: (laughs) proud of you (laughs) for, for having the courage in that moment to have everybody in the room touch him. And yeah, then I get the trash well, heap of that poor well.
3: human in my
1: office. They're like, "You have no idea what happened to me." I'm like, "Yes, I do." I <laughs> like, I could tell you stories. Oh, the stories! I could tell some of them. I will. I will tell some of them. There are no some of them, But eventually,
0: I will. Speaking of secrets, that's something I've done. Like I've shared. I always said, like, "Well, I heard this on a podcast, but I actually <laughs> probably heard it in a recovery group where I swore I would never tell anyone." <laughs> about that person's know. story. I didn't mention their name, right? Like, I'm not... No, I
1: won't do that. No, I won't do that. I will not tell client stories without their names. No. I will always tell my stories. Okay. Mine. No, I will not tell client stories. I, won't do I don't have
0: clients. I don't know. I know you don't, but I do. <laughs> I've
1: had many. <laughs> and so... I won't tell clients. any of their stories because it's not my story. As much... As much as I, I am intense and I'm curious, I'm not actually predatory. I think that's the one thing that's, that's soft really about me because I'm so like men except for that one thing. And men are just naturally predatory. That's not a bad thing. It's not. What?
4: I'm not naturally predatory. <laughs> are you sure? I think I, I think that's the culture. I think that's I think that's a very cultural thing,
3: that's and it I
1: mean. but it also might have to do with your definition of predatory.
3: Uh, I think it has everything to do with his definition of predatory. Yeah.
1: No, no. I, when I say it's not a bad thing, I mean it. It's not a bad thing, but like you said, conditioning. You <clears throat> have been conditioned I, to believe. I think
4: in my definition, the opposite of predatory is nurturing, and I think I'm naturally very nurturing.
1: Did I say you could be predatory, not nurturing? Did
4: I say that? I don't know. That I is said, your old my,
1: binary concepts from I our
4: stupid ass
1: religion. <laughs>
4: in my definition, the opposite of predatory. I was explaining my definition. I wasn't conflicting you. Yeah.
1: Continue. Yeah, that was it.
4: Okay.
0: That's what we should have named the podcast as the nurturing predator. <laughs>
4: you yeah, we would have gotten a lot more listens <laughs> and a lot scarier people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, please
3: don't name it that. <laughs> yes. oh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> please don't name it that!
1: <laughs>
4: no, we have, we have a better name. We came up with a better name like 10 weeks into it. I
1: actually white like punk theology now. Wait, what
0: was oh, it? White Noise. Oh. White Noise. <laughs> that might get the wrong people
1: too uh well yeah yes, is to that? <laughs> yes and no <laughs> the interesting i like p- punk theology now i don't i don't think i initially liked it but i do now because it i think it's fitting in a way i didn't understand before
0: that yeah i liked it i always always liked it it's just like two words that shouldn't be together
1: well, I decided the other day because I have a so I have an old, old friend of mine that I've oh, that I met on a mission trip forever ago, and he is legitimately a cult leader now. And I follow him on Facebook. He's very, oh. very interesting. Which is I, I always kind him. of
4: wanted to like. I think everybody was oh. thought had a moment of like I could be a really good cult leader. Oh, he I don't was. actually. I don't think I want to. Oh. But I could be a fucking good one. Like I'd be so good at
1: it. He. <laughs> uh, He is both amazing at it, and it's also—I mean, it's as painful as I think you would expect it to be. And I've watched his entire rise to this cult-like starterdom, and it's—it's been interesting. Also, um, (laughs) loosely, his perspective would be that it's that it is the absolute purest form of Christianity. That's how much right. (laughs) No, and he, he, I think the part that just drives me crazy is the 1% he's right about. He is dead, dead on right about. Like, he is absolutely right. And then the other 99% is shit.
3: (laughs) Aren't we all dead right on 1% and then just ride the 99%?
4: And and usually the part that, in, in unfalsifiable systems, the part that they're correct about is their criticism. Of the existing system, that is correct. Their solution is fucking bullshit and retarded and dumb.
1: That is beautiful. But
4: they are correct in that their problems with the system are problems with the system.
1: You are right. I agree with that.
4: But it's and then they take the next step of and I have the solution.
0: No, no.
1: no. (laughs) There it
4: is. There's the cult right there. That's where it started. Like, you are correct.
1: Those things are bad. Yes, yes. And (laughs)
3: And,
4: and you have the solution.
1: That was beautiful. That just laid out in my head so clearly. And I loved it.
4: And I talked to Dan and Pastor Dan about this the other week. And I said, uh, outsiders from a church's perspective must be accepted for their criticism because they can see things that you cannot on the inside. Mm. And yet, their solutions have to be ignored Mm. because they don't have the perspective to actually know what the solution is from the inside, from the outside. So when they show up and they protest, you fucking listen because they're right.
1: But when they
4: they then come to you and say, and I have the fix, you say, ah, thank you. Go away. (laughs) No, you do not. (laughs) Okay. And I think that's where, what this, yeah. Where some of those people that have taken down churches have failed uh is with their solutions and not just settling on like you guys need to wake up that that this is sick yeah like that's a- just focus on waking them up don't focus on then taking them the next step of and i have the
0: answer that's true yeah and that's a great place to land the plane because what, what are the- we still recording <laughs> <Yes>. fuck <for> us because <laughs> because that's because that's a great place to land the plane, Derek. Is this <laughs> yeah, thank you. exposure? Like that's the secret coming out into the light. Like that's what what happened with Benjamin. You're not landing the plane. I think it's beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was great. Okay, it's land the plane now. A secret coming out into the light, and and but you gotta find your own solutions.
4: We keep bump bouncing off the ground. Land the plane.
0: <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> and watching punk theology
1: this has been an audio production of punktheology.net the podcast with a comedic encouragingly troublesome rebellious burlesque artistry exploring what people really actually believe the podcast where we divulge and ask how does one define meaning beauty and truth without coming off as a judgmental asshole and we have a patron page because we are not interested in sponsors from large corporations, or for that matter, small ones, who are worried about their quote, reputation, end quote. Would you consider becoming a patron sinner, saint? A PT co-producer? Stop by patron.com slash punktheology or again punktheology.net.